and welcome to our 31st podcast of the Keen Minds covering 416 and 417 of the Blacklist. And Demba Zuma is in, in Requiem. And I can say, I don't know about you, Jen, but I am very excited. And the excited person here talking is Tessa. <laughs> and I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Psycho. And it's, it's been... Was. It's been a really long day, so if I'm a little snarkier than usual, I apologize. It's There may be a little bit more snark tonight than, than there usually is. Well, it's, it's also a very exciting episode to, um, to discuss. Besides, we're discussing two episodes. We're not going to make distinctions between one and the other because they kind of flew in into one another. It was so beautiful. They did. It was incredibly well done. And as always, hats off to the writers because it just, everything worked together so well. And so uh, what are we thinking about the timing? Do you think maybe the redemption, where redemption ended and where uh, Dembe Zumba picked up that maybe there's a little bit of of, uh, overlap there? Because, I mean, Bokenkamp has said that that Tom's been gone eight weeks in Redemption. That that Redemption takes place over eight weeks, and Cooper said something to the extent of that it um that it had been over a month, which could be eight weeks. Eight weeks is obviously over a month, but there was no mention of the birthday party, which you know mm-hmm. Liz, Liz didn't have just a massive part in in four sixteen. But she was there, and a mom is going to mention her child's birthday, especially when all the godparents are the ones that she works with. And so the fact that it wasn't mentioned at all makes me think there is probably some overlap there. Uh, Yeah, I think that this episode, because this episode also didn't happen in one day. Um, We're talking now about Dembesuma, and it didn't happen in one day. This was, was, I think, over a couple of, of, of days, maybe even more. So I think that that what we're seeing there is is about yeah I would say about probably five to six weeks so we're two weeks still going in redemption. Okay, so do we want to start in with Liz? I mean, she really didn't have just a huge part. She followed Red around on Cooper's orders, and there's two things that I was thinking of for this, and one. I, I loved the moment. I just just finished the rewatch like right before we logged on to the, the podcast here. And I'd almost forgotten it. And I'm sitting there and gifting like crazy while I'm watching it because it's such a fantastic moment. When Red reveals that um, that it's really the Mr. Kaplan. Yeah, that, that gorgeous monologue there. Because mm. I James Spader, he's incapable of doing a bad monologue. I mean, that's just really the case and so he finished that and he admits that it's that's kate kaplan and i mean liz is just crying there she's just she looks so tired in that moment and she says can the score be even now and i loved that because it it reminded me back season three when she was talking to wrestler right before hers and tom's uh, second wedding there and she's talking to wrestler and she says, listen, I know you've got a problem with him, but I kept him on a boat and tortured him for months. To me, the score is even. Liz, Liz is someone that is capable of moving forward from things that most people cannot fathom. And she's always shown that. I mean, Red murdered her father. 
Her husband lied to her for two plus years. I mean, like, she's just moved past so... Uh, her partner chased her down and nearly got her killed. I mean, the list goes on and on of things that she's forgiven that most people would go, Listen, I may be able to understand what you've done there. Thanks, but no thanks. Have a nice life. Go in peace. You know, and walk mm-hmm. from it. She doesn't. As long as she believes the scales are even and that the person is moving forward in a good direction... And then yeah. they're both, like, if those two things are met, she's good. And she's willing it, to move on. It is a very interesting trait because as we see later in the episode, we see Katerina having a somewhat similar outlook on life. I mean, she was going to kill uh, Kate, then Kate offered a solution. On the fly, she took it and she kept going. And they said, well, you're going to see other things. Um so I think that that is, is a very nicely placed uh, reminder that Liz is Katerina's daughter. The part, we haven't seen a lot of Katerina in her, but I think that there is. Yeah, and it was it was just such an interesting moment. and I, that, that tear. Oh, gosh, it was, it broke my heart. I just wanted to reach forward, hug her, and go, it's okay, sweetie, it'll be okay. <laughs> you, know? you, you wonder that at some level, whether it's completely subliminal or or unconscious or does she actually feels a connection to Kaplan that she can't explain that she I, feels a connection to I Red? I think so. I think so. Because otherwise, why would she trust Kate Kaplan to pull off that that escape that they pulled off uh, going to Cuba? I mean, because Kate's forte is not planning like that she's the cleaner she's able to make things go away but what she did when she whisked uh liz and then eventually tom and agnes away that's not what she's been doing for years and years and years obviously she's perfectly capable of doing it but mm-hmm. like liz sitting, liz sitting there and having to make a decision in the moment if she's going to risk this for her family, it was risking her life. It was risking her family's life. I mean, for all she knew, Red could find out and have put a bullet between Tom's eyes, you know, and then, and she never would, you know, if, if he had killed Kaplan and killed Tom, she probably never would have known, you know, if she was stuck in Cuba and had no way to contact anybody. And so, I mean, like it was a huge risk for all of them that were involved in that. And yet she put her faith in Kate when, She's known her not much less time than she's known Red, but has spent a lot less time with her. Mm-hmm. A whole lot less time with her. And also, I enjoyed the, the moment when they found Dembe, because it showed... Because she got real close to Dembe when, when she was on the run. We saw mm-hmm. that. And she was very happy, very relieved to see Dembe alive and very worried over him. Yeah, it was it was very sisterly, and I was happy to see that concern in her. Um, it's interesting that at no point did she seem to think that Red was going to kill Dembe, even think, though Red was saying, you know, I'd like to make that determination for myself. I think Dembe thought that Red was going to kill him. <laughs> I think, that was I think Red their... Dembe, Dembe thought Red was capable of killing him. I don't know that he would think that he would kill her. Well, I think that it kill wasn't him. a risk he was willing to take, and that's why he wanted the evidence. He wasn't willing to go to him immediately, like Aram was telling him to do. I mean, because 
Rom's reaction would be most people's reaction of why you're innocent. Why not just talk to him? Like this man raised you. This is your closest thing you had to you know family besides your daughter and your you know closest thing he's ever had to a father kind of thing. And so, like, why would you not just tell him? Well, have we talked? Have you seen Kate Kaplan recently? No, because Red put a bullet through her face. You know, what I mean. <laughs> mm. Well, the the one thing that seemed interesting about this episode to read about to to understand about Dembe and 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 Kaplan and the difference uh, with Kaplan and with Dembe is that Dembe was rescued when he was fourteen years old in nineteen ninety three. Now Kaplan. It's actually she's only been working for for Red for twenty years. Yeah, I was, I was uh, kind of surprised about that. I thought she'd been working for him a lot longer. So, um, unless she has, is well, some, one of those so, things. Someone I was talking to on Tumblr made a comment, and we we'll, we can get into this a little bit more later. But basically, questioning if her if she is a believable narrator because she was having issues health issues from the fact she'd been shot very definite issues with the migraines and wondering if maybe her memory had been if, if it wasn't as reliable as we were led to believe in the episode i have a feel that yes her memory is reliable that does not mean that we have seen everything the blacklist is notorious yeah. <laughs> for giving you a piece of a conversation or giving you some information and withholding others and letting you make, uh, it's called, uh, there's a bias called first is best. It's used a lot by car salesmen in which they show you something knowing that that, and the, you fix it on your head as that's the best thing. And when they show you other things, you're going to say, Oh no, no, no. The first is best. And it's a it's a well known thing. They use it in advertisement. They use it in sales a lot. And they're counting on that to not you not going back and say, mm, wait a minute, let me just reshuffle things, put them in order, and see what they mean because you got stuck in that first thing. So just because you, we have been told these are her memories doesn't mean that they're all her memories. That's true. Or, That's very true. I mean, in no time they've seen, I, I've never seen this man. In fact, she seems to, it's entirely possible that she was working for Red already when she went to Katerina. Mm, Even if she didn't know it was Red. I guess that's possible. I mean, we can get into that more more down mm -hmm. with Kate's section. Um, I, I don't want to get too far off Liz. Oh, but with them, but, oh yes, thank you. Um, I, I real mean. I'll reel you in too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, this is teamwork here, guys, because both of yeah. us will go off on tangents, and then the others going. We, we use a video chat to make sure we don't talk over each other too much, because we both do. Um, <laughs> we'll start waving each other down. It's you guys would get a kick out of it if you could see us. We do. Um, <laughs> but anyway, tangent. Like I said, um, <laughs> no. The the other thing with Liz that I was wanting to cover was that I wonder if moving forward. Because we've talked about before that Red is really spiraling right now. Mm -hmm. And that he is in an incredibly d dark place. And I wonder if it's going to be Liz that pulls him back. Because I I've heard the writers talk about that this is actually going to, strangely enough, bring them closer together. So I'm really hoping, because I've been wanting that for a while. You know, because they, they have been not estranged but there's been a lot of tension between red and liz which it makes sense with what's going on but you know it'd be nice to have red start 
back towards a little bit towards the light. You know, it's it goes back to the hideous fish conversation. Mm-hmm. I I also think that there is maybe going to be we've already seen a kind of like um, approach between Dembe and Liz about you know Red is not well, he's not listening, I can't reach him, and now I wonder if if there's going to be something because I think Red needs to be pulled back, and I think part of the dark path that people are seeing with Red is that I think Red lost hope that he's way back from the cave, he's traveling to the light. I think is related to Liz accepting him as a father, a father figure. You know, at this point, the only thing we do know for certain is that. For lit for red, Liz is a daughter. Well, yeah, because Katarina's statement was, he believes that she is. I mean, so at some point, whether he does now or not, Raymond Reddington believed that Masha Rostova was his child. Well, that's another thing that we might want to get back yeah. there. But yes, there is. I think that that love. It's what is going to bring Red back. And the love is going to be whether Liz accepts him for what he is. Yeah, I, I agree. And if anybody can do that in this show, it's Elizabeth Keene. Because like we were just saying, this woman can, as long as certain things are met, she is capable of forgiving insane things and moving forward from that. As long as someone is, but the other person has to be willing to move in the right direction with yeah. her. I, I wonder if it is because of that shooting or because she knows deep in herself that she has done bad things and she can move away from them. Because I don't think that if you're not capable of doing dark things, you will never understand what it is to do them and what you feel while you do them. And can you get out of there? The people who don't go there, I don't think can understand it. Yeah. I, I think that's probably a very valid, valid statement there, that she's able to put herself in other people's shoes now. And also, mm-hmm. I mean, both since she's gotten some of her memories back, I don't think she's ever gotten all of her memories back. I think she thinks she has more than she actually does. Yeah. But um, well, Also, I mean, at some point she has to start questioning that if Kirk wasn't her father... Um, and there is another man. I mean, at some point she has to start thinking, hey, you know what? It seems like this guy may be my father, even though he said he hasn't lied to me. Maybe I haven't asked the right question. Maybe the right question is not, am I your, is, am I your daughter, not are you my father? I, I think that Liz is really tired right now. Um, when they were leaving the, the safe house, when, mm-hmm. when she and Tom and Agnes were moving out, they were talking, and Tom, was, Tom said, you know, as a dad now, I'm starting to wonder about my own father. And she may, I don't remember verbatim what the statement was, but it was, she said, I may feel differently about this tomorrow, but right now, you know, we've got this. We've got Agnes, we've got us, and that is all I need. And, you know, she's, I think she's desperately trying to focus on that because she's hit so many dead ends and well not even dead ends but just walls and has been beating her head against it for years now and I think she's just tired of not getting any answers and so she's gonna stop asking the questions now 
it will kind of like Tom when he was saying, I'm not looking, I'm not looking, I'm not looking, and then went to New York and suddenly, bam, he was gone for two months. <laughs> and then, bam, redemption. I think that something, there's going to be a catalyst there that throws her back into that search. Yeah, it's funny because I think that at this point, it's interesting how they have gone and flipped the position from Liz wanting the answers, the answers, you know, I need my answers to now being Tom uh, saying, oh, I you know, it's me now who wants the answer and Liz is the one who just leave them alone. How they flipped this is an interesting thing. And I think that we're going to see, you know, back and forth. Now Tom is down the rabbit hole. He can now just... Uh, up and say, okay, you know what? I don't care about either one of you. I mean, now he has to find the truth. And I think that now Liz is at the point where he was and said, you know what? They abandoned me. They don't care. I, you know, this is what I, this is my life is. But at the, the end of the day, the blacklist is a show about identity among other things and finding who you are in the part of your, I mean, I think that they both know at this point who are they themselves, but they need to know where they come from. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, obviously Liz being the lead, she will get thrown back into that. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, do you want to move on to Dembe? Dembe. Yeah. Oh, I, I was so glad that they, like, I never for a second thought he actually did it, but I was glad that they didn't stretch this out into kingdom come. I just red found out. Suddenly, Red wasn't going to kill him. Yay! <laughs> you know? And so I, I don't know. I think that Red might have killed him if, he, if he legit. I know you're shaking your head. Red is in such a dark place right now, and it could be that he just wants everybody around him to think he's capable of that. But I, I'm starting to get the impression that even though he started all of this to become a formidable opponent to anybody that might come against Liz, I think it has sucked his soul in and that he is drowning in it. Mm -hmm. And I think that became evident when he shot Kate, who was family. I know he didn't raise the woman, but that she was family. She was close. He called her his, his mm. uh, confessor. And, yeah. and so, I mean, the, the way he's, oh, the way he spoke about that spoke of how close they were. I mean, the fact that she was willing to fight off the cabal, you know, sitting mm -hmm. with her revolver. In but, season. but Dembe, I think the relationship with Dembe is very different from the relationship with Kate. Kate was an adult. He hired her because of her devotion to Katerina and devotion to Liz. Dembe is, is a mix between a brother and a, and a father. Uh, and I think that, that what Red wanted was to, to understand. I mean, I don't see his reaction in in many ways different from when he went to Emma and looked at her, at her and says, you know, I'm sorry that you felt you had no other yeah. way out. Well, I mean, so, I don't, I don't think he would have just gone up like he did with Kate and not like not even one and not even want to understand. I think he would want to understand with Dimbe. But if Dimbe had actually done it. I think that I don't he, know. I, I, I don't know that he would. I think, I, I think that he would have. It would have destroyed him. Oh no! I I <laughs> here's pass that through. <laughs> I completely agree with that. I think it would have shattered him, and I'm glad it didn't happen. 
But I think that he's at this point now that he would have felt like he had to. He wouldn't have wanted to, but he would have felt like he had to to stay afloat because everything's crashing down around him. He, if he, if Dimbe had been the one, if Dimbe had been in the place of Kate, is right now, you know, unraveling everything. If that had been Dimbe, he would have, because it would have been either kill the person who's coming up against him, or or be killed. And I. I really hope what's going to end up happening is that Liz is going to step in and go, this has to stop, and not when one of you is dead. You know, and and kind of be the voice of reason there, because we know now that Kate is incredibly close to Liz, even if Liz doesn't realize that. We know how much she cares and loves for Liz, and we know how much, we obviously know how much Red loves Liz, and so if anybody could stop this madness, it's Liz. And I'm really hoping it'll come come to that yeah i i um i mean going back to dembe sorry <laughs> dembe dembe really um re- i think dembe this 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 he had this line you know i had three people in my life my daughter my granddaughter and raymond and when he he apologizes to aram he and then when he cannot get in, when he slides down that wall, yeah, I gotta say, Ishantari, I think, has done amazing acting without many words, and that scene was masterly. The way he slid, it was like the entire world has just gone out of him, and he had no more hope. And that look that he gave him, when Aram asked if he was really doing it for Red, I mean, just the, that broken look he had, I just... Oh, Dembe. <laughs> it was it was a beautiful, beautiful scene, and you know, as usual, you're getting a scene between between Aram and and Dembe, and it just just shine for both characters. Yeah, it was it was a it was a they I mean that little adventure of them was absolutely priceless, especially when when you see Aram going in in undercover in the building, and you know, it's just. You know, and actually around this time goes against wrestler and against his own team in order to get them to escape. And I think that we're, what we're seeing is Aram was at first, you know, he was a hacker and a brave man in that part of the world. But he's emerging really as a really, really very all round. And the way that Dembe brought that in Aram was masterful i mean he arrived at a time when aram could have could take charge in and 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 find a way to get around things yeah it was beautiful yeah and i i just i loved that <laughs> sir <laughs> he mm. he had fun with that um and I, I want to touch on something but i definitely want to go back to aram and the way he's breaking out of his shell because i do love mm-hmm. that um, one more thing I have personally for, for Dembe, his family, when Red and Liz go to the daughter and... Boy, the Greg- daughter changed a lot. She must have been with uh, Dr. Abraham Maltz. Was she it a different the- actress? Yes. I don't- oh, was it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hey, um, I think the the original actress is actually his daughter. His, 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 the, the actor's daughter. Um, I think that's what it is. Yeah, I think it is. But at at any rate, you know, I I had fun and said that probably she just went to uh, Dr. Abraham Maltz and and got a new face because she looked totally different. 
and the kid was cute. Oh, kid was adorable. Oh my gosh. Um, but no, I just that line because you can tell that she knows Red and that she mm-hmm. she had trusted Red, and that line that she delivered about about when her father moved them to protect them that she never would have dreamt that it would have been to protect them from Reddington. And Red's just like, uh, (laughs) you know, I mean, because it wasn't. And Red knows that, and he said it wasn't. And it just, this is his extended family. You know it is. And you know how much he loves that little girl and how much he loves Dembe's daughter. I mean, it's, that whole situation just broke my heart. Yeah. So. It's it's uh huh yeah that that is very interesting because as I see of course it goes into my crazy theories but as I see Lisa beginning to meet her extended family without really knowing that they are and I find it an interesting thing because she sees a little girl and you know there's like I remember Liz saying I got nobody else in the world I'm alone in the world and when she's considering giving up Agnes or not, I know nobody with children. And now you're seeing these things. And, you know, should my theory be correct, you have Emma with Will. You have now Dembe in, in Isabella and Ella. So there is this extended family keeps appearing. And I, I find that interesting the way they kind of like plop them in and out. And then, you know, they're gone and you think, oh, it's a dangling end. No, now we find out what happened to Dembe's daughter and granddaughter. Yeah, and it makes total sense. And so, or, do you have anything else to add for Dembe? Or I think I'm good. That was a that was a shout out to to Isham. That was beautiful. Oh, and, and beautiful, if you, beautiful. If you guys haven't read, there was an article posted on Twitter that he retweeted uh, about his life and his uh, his military service and his faith and everything. It was really really cool article. I really suggest you read it. He's just, he's a really cool person. Um, That's a real hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Firefighter for like 20 years. It was insane. And a Marine. Yeah, you know. Total pushover. Total Mm -hmm. pushover. (laughs) Um, So, I'm going to be the unpopular person on Tumblr today, or, you know, when this posts, because I'm not angry at a ROM. (laughs) I know, that's a huge, I know. Tessa's so shocked. She's horrified. I am <laughs> not. I don't understand. I mean, it's like, well, you know, I'm. I think sometimes people forget that that uh, these people have very, very different um, outlooks on life about everything that we do. They they live in a different world. We do. Yeah, it's. I'm not mad at Aram, and this is going to get me into even more trouble. I kind of like Elise. <laughs> Like, I don't want them to end up together because I am a Saram shipper and I'm a big fan of that. And, like, I, I will just straight up admit it that my shipping is getting in the way of that and I'm okay with that. I, I'm happy to own that. But as a character, I do really like Elise. Like She's Elise a snarky. lot. I just, I love her when Samara, like, attacks and she goes, is she crazy? <laughs> it's just fantastic. Because yeah. I want to do a gift set of those two griping about each other because <laughs> it's so great. Uh, I 
I think eventually Aram will get to a place where the relationship with Samar will, will sort of make sense. But I think that at this point, I would say that actually it looks like, like Elisa and him had something that was real more than than uh, than it seemed at the beginning. And, and that's the thing is, I mean, I have people that I, I, I've been trying to avoid it today. I really have. But there's only so much you can avoid. But I'm sorry, as a keen squared shipper... As someone who is madly in love with that relationship, I can't, like, it would be so hypocritical of me to go, but she lied to him! How dare she come back into his life? I like the fact that she realized that she kind of had a thing for him, and she kind of liked the FBI agent, and that they are doing their thing. I mean, but as a writer, I'm coming at this... Because I'm also of the opinion that they'll end up having Saram be the, the end goal for those two. And so as a writer, I'm trying to look at it more analytically so I don't get my heart broken too badly. And Elise is a means to the end of getting a Rom to a place where he's capable of dating Samar and not questioning every move that she makes. Not, you know, I mean, because he made the comment to her about not being able to to be with someone that that basically is a spy I mean which is basically mm -hmm. what she is to a large extent you know and so he's learning to trust his own gut instincts more he's learning to break out of the box I, you know apparently he's trying some new things <laughs> you know and, and Elise's comments to Samar I think the reason Samar got so feisty about it is because they were true Mm -hmm. she, I think that they were. Yeah, and I think that really bothers her. And then it went into that end conversation between them in which Aram was very honest with her. It was basically this, I, this is not necessarily about me not caring about you. It's about me being terrified of what I am going to become if I'm with somebody like you. Not because she's a bad person, but because she's so driven and she's so... Intense. Intense. That he, I think he's afraid that he will just go down that rabbit hole and, you know, he just, he'll drive himself crazy. And, which is a good possibility if he doesn't learn how to take a breath. And, and Elise is teaching him that. Now, I do think it'll eventually come to the point where Elise will, will look at him, you know, give him a kiss on the cheek and go, I'm not the one you're in love with go talk to Samar and walk out the door. But Samar also needs to get to a place where she's capable of expressing her emotions because right now when she gets scared, she clamps down, snarks off at him in a really cruel way that makes her... Ooh, makes you, reminds you of somebody? The way they clamps up and goes into rage because rage is an emotion they can handle? Remember Tom, you know, yeah. season one, Tom? Oh, yeah. oh, I yeah. can handle mad. I can make you mad because then I can handle you. And, and Tom learned, and, and I've I've made comments before about the parallels between Saram and Keen Squared. It's probably one reason I like Saram so well. But Tom, if you look at when he and Liz argue now, like in season four when they had that big argument when he went in and ended up getting the feed cut and everything, and they had that massive blow up in the in the safe house... Mm -hmm. you saw him purposefully pull back. He started to snap at her, and then he'd pull back and go, I'm not arguing with you about this. I, he wouldn't, like, his go-to was to 
to snipe back, to be, you know, cutting, mm-hmm. vicious. But he loves her, and he's grown as a human being. He's grown as a husband, and he purposefully shut himself down instead of shutting her down. And mm-hmm. Samar needs to learn that. Right now, she's self-focused, and I please, Samar fans, do not attack me on my blog. I appreciate it. Thank you. Please and thank you. Um, <laughs> I, I love Samar. I do. And I say this from a place of love for her. I want to see her grow. I want to see her expand and grow as a human being, as a character, as a woman, as a potential, you know, uh, you know, person that will be with somebody. I want to see all of that. And she can't do it if she's self-focused. And right now she is self-focused because she sits there and she, like we were just saying, like Tom in season one, she clamps down and she goes to anger. Yeah. And she pushes people away. Because anger is always easier. And for people like Tom, people like Samar, people who have lived their lives as covert operatives, that makes sense. And for someone like Samar who has been through so much with her brother, with with serious trust issues. The family, his his mother, his father. It makes sense for her to do that. She still needs to grow. Mm-hmm. And and I think that, you know, there may be some issues that the writers have decided that, hey, you know what, they write, they like uh, the Elise or uh, Janet, you know, and maybe they're changing the end game because that for them, because maybe that is a better place to put them, a more interesting place to put them. So, you know, I'm not, uh, as again, I'm not a shipper, so I don't particularly care one way or the other. I'm caring, I care for interesting characters. And right now, um, Samar is actually more interesting as she is. I like that snark and I like that because it's something that it has a grit and it, it, it reads true. I mean, Samar going all, you know, oh yeah, but I love you and I'm going to be a very different person doesn't read true at all. I mean, she's, she's a badass woman. I think she's there not needs to be a change. balance. I think there needs to be a balance found there for them. If they're going to be together, which I hope they are, I, I think that he needs to learn to be comfortable in himself and to rely on himself in a emotional situation, which he is able to trust her and she's got to trust him too. Because even if she's still a badass, which she would be, it's Samar. They're not going to de-badass mm-hmm. her. Um, it would be incredibly difficult to do. Um, <laughs> but uh, So tell me something. What do you feel about about Janet? Because she's not Elise, it's Janet. I, you know, I'm, she's always going to be Elise to me. Um, I like her. I, she's snarky and she's fun. And she breaks all the rules and... She's a spy that fell for her mark. That's like my kryptonite. Um. <laughs> but she's like, oh, she's almost like she has the Aram part. Like she's a hacker and they speak in the same world. But then at the same time, she's a bit like Samara. She can kick mm-hmm. ass. Yeah, I, I think she's great. And I think she's probably in many ways good for him. Yeah, I would love, I actually would love to see her appearing on a more regular basis. Uh, because, you know, as a, uh, I think it makes all these characters more interesting. Mm-hmm. It's one of those mixes that you put it in and the result is far more interesting that <laughs> you can't get now into a, res- a romantic resolution for those characters. It's way too early in the game. She's the grenade that just went off in the middle of everything and confetti's yeah. going everywhere. <laughs> but I love the fact that we were teased that we were going to get a, a secret of Aram. And I'm, I was happy that it was that because I, I know that Aram is keeping all the things. 
and uh, definitely uh, that was a good one to to bring out well it it shows again because i mean we didn't know about elise until she popped up he was dating her for a long while i think before the people at, the, at, at his teammates found out mm-hmm. and so he just did it again and i think he was a little embarrassed that they found out that he went you know that they got back together i think that that was a source of embarrassment for him mm-hmm. now do you want to go into red okay i'm <laughs> preparing myself <laughs> oh red <laughs> i've missed oh. you raymond <laughs> We found so many interesting things uh, about Red. And first, I mean, it was an outstanding performance. Um, oh, my God. I mean, him looking for, for Dembe, because even when he was looking for Dembe, thinking Dembe was, uh, and he speaks with such admiration of Dembe, you know, that... You see the broken of, of him having to go hunt somebody that he loves, and and I think that he's trying very hard to to believe that is. And he says, "You looking yourself look, you're making yourself look guilty with everything." Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I I think, I mean, I I definitely understood why Dembe ran. I would run if I were him because you know nobody wants a bullet to the face. Um, and, and I think that that is one of the things that that both Dembe and and everybody have have really made it clear is that one of the things that I've been saying for a while that is the reason for Red being so um, out of out of balance, out of what he really is spiraling is because. He was so successful at becoming this master criminal that would be feared that his own family fears him. It's it's funny. I just had a uh, an interesting quote pop into my head when right after Tom beat the crap out of Kara Kurt with the stool um, <laughs> in season three, <laughs> Kara Kurt head butted him. Tom beat the crap out of him. Um, that's how that relationship worked. Um, <laughs> He, he said, have you ever taken a job just to pay the bills and found out yes. you're good at it? And that's what I'm thinking about Red after this episode. That he took on this mm. criminal empire to make himself formidable to anybody that might threaten Liz. And he found out he was good at it. He, good may, at abhor, it. he may abhor violence, but that doesn't mean he abhors everything else that he does with it. Well, remember what he said about Tom Keane. We share certain characteristics, and the, you know he's an extremely talented undercover operative. And when he takes a job, he believes it himself. And I think that's exactly what Red did. He believed it himself. He had to believe it himself. I agree, and I think he has, and I think that's what's destroying him right now. Is that he's just deeper and deeper to the point where he's drowning in this darkness. So something that was interesting that I I think Blacklister two one four made the comment on Tumblr, but I, I'm fascinated with and I really want to know what got Red and Kate from a meeting in which because she tells Sam that she doesn't know Red. Um, I I'm not interested in meeting him. 
That no, doesn't mean she, he doesn't know him. No, no, I'm sorry. She says that to Red. She goes, I don't know you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he hasn't met him before. So she goes from that point where she's standing there and talking to him in the, in the, wherever that was, the warehouse or what have you. And she's telling him that, and she doesn't trust him. She doesn't, she doesn't want to work for him. She's upset with him. I mean, she gets very angry at Sam when, when he brings it up. Mm-hmm. She blames Red for I mean, everything. Every, yeah. I mean, for Liz, for Katarina, for Annie. For Annie. I mean, every, for losing yeah. for, for losing everything that she loved in her life. Exactly. And so she went from that to a woman that's willing to fight the cabal for him. That's willing to do pretty much. That, that says that she lost sight of her original goal because she got so focused on helping him build his empire. And how did she get from point A to point B? Like, I mean, well, yes, there's 20 years in there. Don't get me wrong. But it, it's a, it's a very interesting point you're raising because there is another point in all this. She said, if we're to believe what she says, considering all that plot that was were in, the, in there, <laughs> that... Um, all that plot. <laughs> all the plot. She was wearing plot in every single uh, scene happening in the summer house. Every single one of them, even after that she gets Liz, she stops wearing plaid when she stops working for Katerina and she's at at, uh, at the office where they where they find her. Um, but the interesting thing is that that trajectory that she has from hating red into being it's it's something that red says you inspire loyalty in others. Now, what was about Liz, what was about Katerina that inspired that kind of loyalty? She could have just simply accepted uh, that she couldn't really um, care for Liz or protect Liz anymore and simply just go away and get another kid and love another kid if we are to believe that she raised seven children. I mean, she seemed fairly... Young for that. I, I thought that as well. And so, but she did say that some of them were siblings. You could have had a big family there. Yeah, four kids, five kids. Yeah. But, you know, in all of this, the fact that she went from that loyalty to, it's almost like she was like a lost puppy. She almost seems to me like from the moment she lost her mother at that young age, she was a lost person and she found Katerina and then lost Katerina and Masha then found Annie lost Annie it is an interesting thing that the person you're going to attach yourself next is the person you hold responsible for all of this I just I wonder if there was something that Red explained to her that we haven't heard that made it make sense to her. Either either he said, hey, I'm her father, or, or there is, there was always in her, even though she was not acknowledging it, a desire to eventually get even with Red. Because hmm. you don't go from 
You know, it almost reminds me of of Susan Hargrave saying there is a fine line between love and hate. But I don't think you go from that devotion into that hate. Even the fact that she thought that taking Liz away from Red, because that is this is the part when I'm when I'm hitting the walls at whatever angle I tried to go at it, is that Kate knew that Katrina was a, a, a spy. Red explained to her that she had all this people coming at her from that she betrayed two superpowers. And Katerina had US intelligence, Soviet intelligence coming after her and all these enemies. And Red explained that they're circling her. So Kate knows that this is not about Red. Red in her life or no red in her life, she was already in danger and has been in danger since the moment she was born. There has to be more. There has to be something that we haven't seen yet. And that's yeah. I feel like that's and that's when when Retcon was getting yelled with this with uh one seventeen or four seventeen here I'm doing it now. With uh <laughs> with four seventeen that I, I said, you know, I, I've done that before. I've jumped on the retcon bandwagon and I've regretted it because Blacklist reminds me of that puzzle that Red did that all white puzzle mm -hmm. where you might think that you're really close to being done with it and then you realize that there's this whole other part of it that extends it out and you just didn't realize that all was gonna you know and so like there's a whole piece that you didn't even realize was there it looked like it was gonna be whole but it wasn't and you find mm -hmm. all these pieces and suddenly it starts making more sense to you. Well, it's like if you if you have ever assembled a, a puzzles, sometimes you get parts that look similar, and you're given pieces and you put them together and you think you're assembling one image, only to find that when you're gonna put the last piece, it doesn't fit because it's, they don't go in that part of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. They belong in the puzzle, but you gotta find where is it they belong, where's the picture they belong. So something interesting that that Kate said there in that last scene in four seventeen, uh, or one of one of the last scenes, um, the the last flashback scene, where they're staying there and looking over the FBI headquarters in DC. Mm -hmm. She says, "You'll never undo it." Talking about going into Liz's life, not you can't undo it once you go in. You never will. She knew that once Red took that step he wouldn't be able to pull himself back. I thought that was fascinating. And so mm -hmm. she, I think she knows Red better than Red is willing to admit about himself. Now, consider this crazy part of theories. If Red, if Red already did this with Emma, let's say that Emma is, is, is Jennifer, and he already did this with Emma, he surrendered to MI6, stroke a deal, and started working with her, pull her in. You know, is that is that seduction, not in the sexual um, sense of it, but in the sense of in involving somebody, make them feel special, make them feel, you know, so... The world is seductive when you look at it through the the eyes of Raymond Reddington. No man makes a woman feel like the center of his universe like Raymond Reddington. I think no person makes 
no person makes anybody feel like the center of the universe like Raymond Reddington. Mm -hmm. You know, just, not just women, but anybody because it's, he has Carla's comment back in season two. Yeah. Yeah, but it was, it was is that exactly same thing because he does the same thing with Cooper. I think that if, if that again is what you were saying, maybe we're missing pieces because if if Kate already seen this thing happened, she'd be more inclined to say, "Oh yeah, I know how this is going, and it's yeah. not going well." <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I've seen this happen, and if you don't remember. Somebody was willing to steal the, the witness protection list where my sister is in order to get to to that. So she even if she wasn't involved in that part, even if she she knew that something was not right and she could see this. And it would be, I think that once we have all the pieces, this is going to become more evident. I agree. I agree. And just kind of as a side note, one of my favorite parts, like, I, I loved the flashback episode. Loved it. But one of the parts that I just, I can't watch without just laughing <laughs> is Red talking about when he, he says, well, I hired Tom Keene and he went and married her. <laughs> the way he said it. But I just, I loved it because the, the writers have a tendency to take, like, I've noticed this over the years. They will take arguments that we're having in the fandom and they'll stick him into the show. You had Wrestler with, with him saying, well, he laid a hand on you. I can't forgive that. And Liz going, held him in a boat, you know, tortured him. We're even. And that mm -hmm. was the argument that the Keen Squared fans had been making for years at that point. And we we're like, oh, thanks, guys. You know, <laughs> appreciate it. And it's we, we've joked a lot of times about the people that just hate Tom, you know, that's mm. not about Tom, guys. It's about such and such. It has nothing to do with Tom Keene. It has everything to do, like you and I say, Katarina. He wasn't yeah. hating Tom. He was frustrated with Katarina. And I think that it was very fun for me to see, to, to hear Catholic mm -hmm. go, it's not about Tom Keene. Yeah. And it just, it was a good line. It was a very good line. Hat tip to whoever wrote that line. About the the reliable narrator, I tend to think that she is a reliable narrator, but I don't necessarily mean that we are seeing all of her memories. I agree. I agree. That's a possibility. And I just, and I found in a lot of things, the blacklist, I can come up with 10 different scenarios, but if I'm not coming up with the one that they came up with, doesn't matter. Yeah, you, you know. need you need more puzzle pieces. Once you put one puzzle piece, you yep. may have five in your hands, but once you put one in there, then there's so many that don't fit anymore. So you go with that, but you have to keep it open and not jump to the conclusion of the things you've not been told. You've not been told that those are all her memories. In fact, just if you really think about it, here is this woman who... I mean, her explanation of having decided to become a nanny is kind of weird. I mean, she doesn't seem like the most motherly kind. I mean, she seemed she did really well with Liz, obviously. I mm -hmm. mean, she she almost seemed like someone that was borderline on the spectrum because I mean, she wouldn't when she was talking to Ian, she wouldn't make eye contact. She she had. She, she didn't make a lot of eye contact. She was very awkward around people. Like, she just didn't socially mm -hmm. connect with people very mm -hmm. well. And it was but, interesting. But when, when she was 
talking with Katerina and being engaged first, it, it occurred to me that we got very interesting references. She speaks five languages, among them Russian. The, in fact, the name Nemec is, is, is uh, from Eastern Europe. Uh, so again, you're, you're getting a parallel to Russia, and then she ends up working you know, with all this. She speaks a bunch of languages, and she's being abroad all this time. It, the whole thing seems a little weird to me that then she ends up with child development and she goes to to to, to rear children and, and children of ambassadors. The whole thing, there is something in there that is not connecting to me. Something seems... See, I actually didn't question that. I, I found it very believable. I I mean odd, yes, certainly, but Kaplan is odd. She's I mean not in a bad way. I love Kate. I seriously, she's quickly becoming one of my more favorite one of my favorite characters in the show. But I mean, my theory, and and this is where we're going in, and I'm gonna go a little bit on my theories this time because I've seen a lot of people sending me t messages and 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 uh, and ask like, please explain, because there were so many, you know, this, the 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 tendency is to say retcon, and I always say the first thing you gotta do is you gotta make try finding a scenario in which all these conflicting views come together. And and the first thing that I say is, do not discount that Kate Kaplan went undercover into Katerina's house. I mean, I was thinking that most of the episode, that she was there for Red. That yeah. Red had hired her first. And, like, I thought that up until the point when she and Red talked. But when you really look at what they said to one another, it doesn't say... I've never met you. It doesn't say I haven't worked for you. It just says I don't know who you are. I don't. I don't know you. And it could I don't be that she. You. It could be that she worked for me because Tom never met Red. Exactly. He worked for him for two years and never saw the man until he was sitting across from him after he had murdered Sam. Yeah. It is. It is also including up to the point because think about it. Kaplan goes and sees. Is she's walking in the woods? And she sees Katerina in the car having sex with a man. And she sees only the back of the man's head. Is he American? And she asks if she American. I know. I thought about that, too. And they're in Canada, by the way. Yes. So it is not immediate that they're in the United States, so most likely he's American. I mean, this is a Russian agent in Canada, and she is in a car with a blonde man, and immediately... Kaplan asks, is he American? Yeah. So to me, that speaks of her going to work for Katerina for a man that looked very similar to that man in the car. And she's wondering, and that would make sense, you put her in my arms as a baby. So maybe Red arranged for her to work and protect Liz. Maybe she'd already met Liz at that point. And that's, all of that makes sense. That That helps me make more sense of what felt like inconsistencies in it. I have uh, the two that, that got me that I was wondering if they were discrepancies or not because w when they aired, I went back and I watched uh, Mato today to to mm -hmm. check mm -hmm. on those. And the thing is, Great. it's the same season. Even if there was a discrepancy, 
not in the same season, not with this writing team, not as blatantly, because they were referencing stuff from that episode. So you yeah. know they were they all were talking over about that episode. That they were talking about all this. Yeah, and they're not lazy. They are never lazy. And so it's there's got to be something that we don't have. So yes, what you just said does make sense to me, and that's I think that's a definite possibility. Yeah, and the blacklist is is a, is known for using language that praise in a way in the in the sloppy way people use language i'm not a, a native language speaker something i shouldn't be you know even have to say because but you can hear it <laughs> and and as a non-native since you don't learn it from the baba mama you learn in a more precise way and it always stays with you to question the the way and be more precise because it's not your native language. So I think it preys on when you, the first time you hear that, that scene with Red and Kaplan, you think, oh, they don't know. I mean, they never laid eyes on one another, but that's not what is being said. And, and that is, a, is one of those things. So what, what else is the other uh, thing? Uh, oh, we got was, the Mato. The yeah, they, they were both from Mato. Uh, the first one was, um, do you remember what I looked like that night lying on the street, my head torn open, Annie's body in front of me? And he says, you know that I don't know what you looked like. I was away. And so, to me, that said he knew her by that point. He had to have, because otherwise, why say I was away? Why not just say, I didn't know you yet. Of course I didn't. See, you know. Yeah, that was before my time. Yeah, like, I'd have no way. This is not my fault here, you know? <laughs> and the second yeah, one and then, was and, the put, put put her in the arms as a, as a baby girl. Exactly. So this is, Annie's bodies in front of me is, they've gone away. They're working in there. This is, and it kept her, and just says, she ceased to, she basically disappeared in 1991. So you know that she was, Catherine Nemec in 1991 and, and in 1991 she became Kate Kaplan yeah. and obviously she became Kate Kaplan when when Annie Kaplan died mm -hmm. oh that just broke my heart yeah like, I mean, I, well I remember when when the comment was made in Mato we had actually just started this podcast <laughs> and we talked about who Annie was and I, I had a feeling back then that was probably a, a lover of some sort because, I mean, they, they she's made comments before. And I, I'm glad that we got to finally meet Annie because I, I felt like Annie probably had a big influence on her life. And here it is. It's where Mr. Kaplan comes from. Yeah, that that was a very, very, very nice scene when the guy, you know, says, oh, that makes you Mr. Kaplan. I was like, yes. That is that is a very nice origin story of yeah. the name. Oh, it was brilliant. I just and was heartbreaking she, five seconds later. Yeah, well, and, and, he, and she wore it with pride for the rest of the day. Yeah. Well, she also you know? wears a wedding band. Yeah. You I would think assume it, it was, I mean, because, I mean, I don't, obviously, in 91, they weren't married. But, I mean, you, you didn't get the impression that they were, you know. Maybe she just wore one of the rings but as a I, I was going to say, I, I get the impression that when, when Annie died, she, she was like, nope, there we go. You know, yeah. this this is my forever. I mean, obviously, she's been with other people. She's talked about it. But, you know, that's... that Not the love, not, not yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I think Annie wanted... And they, I love the, the, the way they introduced Annie. It was, it was just like, you know, there she was, and she was sad. 
And I think that Kate was in a little bit in love with Katerina. Katerina was for a very harsh, very matter-of-fact woman. She was probably incredibly attractive because it's funny, as they said, as you hear Rostov talking about her and as you hear Red talking about her and everybody else that knew her, you, you even you heard it in Sam a little bit of that, you got into... You know, this is, they all seem to paint different pictures of the same woman, and none of them look the same. <laughs> but obviously, she was a highly seductive woman. Yeah, in many ways. And I, I don't know, I could definitely, and when, when, the, when Katerina told her, I love you, and hung the phone up, that, that was my first statement. I said, I wonder what that ship name will be. <laughs> I looked at the room and I said, I wonder what that ship name is going to be called. Um, I think it was more, it was not a romantic love. I think it was just like, you know, I, I do care for you. I, I definitely think, I it could have been. Like, I, I have nothing, like, that said, that would disprove that at all. And I have, you know, whatever. Um, it just didn't I, feel like it. I think... I don't think Kate lets a lot of people get close. I think she keeps a lot of people, like most people at arm's length. And mm-hmm. what do you feel for these children? Pride. Not love. Pride. Which, you know, that's the closest she let herself get to people. And I think she let herself get very close to Katerina. One of my favorite lines of the entire episode was, my friend just died. I think she might have been my best friend. It was this, I've never had a best friend. Yes. sort of sound to it like I didn't even know she was my best friend until right now when I realized I lost her mm-hmm. and it just I mean like I, I wanted to be Annie and hugging her you know <laughs> it just this poor woman just lost everything she can't it, go to Liz she lost Katerina it was it was like there was I, I also think that there was something special about about Liz from the from the get-go that we are also not seeing. And I think that that might be because of Red. I suspect because by the time we meet baby Li- baby Masha, she's, you know, she's a few months old. Yeah, she's probably, what, seven, eight months old by then? Yeah. And so I have a feeling that there is, that that she met Liz a little younger than that. and Because there is no way, nothing makes sense if you take this the episode it, as it seemed to to be <laughs> nothing makes sense there is so many things that it contradicts that it would be just like they started the series all over again so you either can't say that and say they recon everything and threw everything they've done out the window or you can say they're missing pieces so how can we make it fit and that is one of the ways that there is there is something in 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 that affection for Liz that extended then to Katerina, and I think that in a way Katerina and her connected because both were not easy. They were not people to that found love an easy thing. I agree. They were they were both very highly pragmatic. I mean, Kaplan says, I wanted, if we're to believe that, that is her real life. I I saw my fascination with, with cadavers to be a little um, odd, so I decided to go into uh, being a child state caretaker. Um, it's, it's basically this idea that, like, this is what society says. Ergo, I'm going to do the healthy thing and, you know, like, like, like society 
express his health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, like, in, in that idea that what looks right to society is the better route to take. Mm-hmm. He kind of got that impression when Annie came over and said, hey, want to dance? And she went, huh? <laughs> you know, <laughs> her face was so priceless. <laughs> I, I almost have the feeling that up until that moment, um, I'm not sure that either. Kate knew that she I, was gay. I, I don't think she leaned either way. I think she was, I didn't get the impression she really cared at all. She was no. more just asexual than anything. I think and that then, Annie was like this mm-hmm. this big bright thing that came in and, and made her look at herself yeah. better. You know, like, she was suddenly a light I have in the light darkness. in the room. Yeah. yeah, I have light in the room and I can see who I am. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's a very good way of putting it. She she was just so confused. But this is also in, what, 91? 90, 91? I mean, it's, it's a different society than we live yeah, in today. It, things weren't as easy as they are today. And, but it was... it was it, I, And I love the fact that they, they chose to show us happy Kate. Yeah, I do love happy you know, Kate. Playful Kate and, and, and all that. And... and it's a it's a very interesting thing because you segue into into um is that his name Hunter I don't know what his name is does he have a name Hunter oh, Mountain oh, Man yeah I don't know Forest they Man. I think they just call him the Hunter I he probably has a name but yeah I mean because oh my gosh when Red said that you you know bring loyalty out I just I mean that man was willing to bomb himself to try to get Red he was cool with it. You know, I mean, he he was so devoted to Kaplan. I I think he made. So now we know who picked her up. <laughs> it was the hunter. Yeah, the hunter ate his two and decided, heck, I'm going to help this woman. Yeah, and I guess he gave because that was the same truck. I think I guess he gave her the truck yeah. and and the trailer and said, go. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so. It, um, it, it was very interesting because it, what was what was great is is the way that that you see that I had a feeling that as soon as the hunter you know he sat down to eat his 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 oyster stew I thought oh yeah he is going to go I you know people used to say it was Dom picking her up I had a feeling it was the hunter oh, because really? they had established that connection and in a way it's funny because. As, as Liz have done to her, kind of like warm her and started on that route and then Annie came along, I have a feeling that the hunter had cut himself off from humanity and finding this broken bird in the in the woods and her loyalty to Red, then, you know, from that moment in which he says, you know, if he has a, a, an inkling that I'm alive... They go on there and they devise this thing and he puts a bomb in there knowing that Red will come for her. It's a very interesting parallel to Red organization in terms of the of the loyalty, the different kinds of loyalty. And Red Red made that leap a little past the box. He went past the loyalty by killing Cade and and Cade and engender that loyalty in the hunter by being loyal to Red, and then goes into her mission of revenge. Yeah. So, um, what do you think about K- 
Katarina when she talks to, to Kate when she's interviewing her and she says, you will imitate everything, but you will not love her. Why do you think she said that? I have crazy fears. You have you have a, a I think character. We have, you and I have two different opinions on it, don't we? Yeah, I, I we do, and and it's funny because this is gonna this is probably when we're gonna find that the truth is somewhere in the middle. My take on it, not character taking, because I don't do that. That's Jen's perspective. Mine is because Kate didn't know everything. Everybody keeps saying, and because Kate says, "I know all your secrets. I know where all the bodies are buried. I I I was there every step of the way." But I think that it's not correct. I think that both Katarina and Red were keeping things from Kate. And it was imperative that Kate always did as told. Because if she acted as in, in love of Liz, she will put Liz at risk. And look at what happened when she acted out of love for Liz. Yeah. Because she didn't great. have all the information put Liz right in the face of the danger right. because I think that we tend to think that that oh because I think Kate said she had the secrets no I think that Red never told her all the secrets yeah and that's that's a possibility my like, like you just said I come at it from a very character development sort of point of view I think Katarina has trouble with love I think it's kind of like rest of people like us I mean, I look at Tom, I, I look at the various operatives that we've had over the time. Tom, sometimes Red, um, Elise, Samar. You've got these, well, Elise, we don't know her well enough, but Samar, Tom, those are well, probably the best two. We might even have one in, in Susan Hargrave. Yeah, yeah. Um, Susan's probably, <laughs> or Scotty's probably a good good one, too. Um, Howard, even, to an extent. Um, Nez. Nez is also, I feel, very much this way. In which emotions are not something that come easy because, n not, you know, the softer emotions, quote-unquote softer emotions, because that requires trust. And these people don't trust very well. And so they put up a lot of guards, a lot of walls. Um, Liz is that way too. Um, and and because of that, they don't always, even on people that supposedly you were just supposed to love, they don't always have a lot of experience with that. And so I think that Katarina was afraid she wasn't going to match up as a mom. Basically that Kate was going to be a better mom to her daughter than she was. And so she didn't, she wanted her to do everything, to mimic everything, but she didn't want her to love her because she didn't want to be one-upped by the nanny. And not, I don't even know if that's something that she would think all the way through on a conscious level, but that's, that's how I read it, that's how I saw it, was this, you won't love her. Because I'm the one that loves her. And she's going to know that. And so if she didn't have anything to compare it to, then her mother's love would be the best she had. Even if it was twisted, not twisted, but you know, if it was not quite up well, to Well, this is a mother, 
this is a mother that goes away for three months. When she comes, the next scene, she's been, it says three months. She's been gone for three months. Well, it doesn't mean she, she hires... there in between. I mean, it skipped around a lot. Mm -hmm. But I think that, that Katerina, in order to be a spy, wasn't like she was gone for a couple of days. She probably was gone for quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, she said that there were times that she had to have complete... Unencumbered. Yeah, unencumbered time. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was an interesting thing. And I mean... And, and I, just... I think we'll see Katerina come in modern modern time, not just flashbacks. And I think we'll know more. Was it interesting to you that they that she called Constantine? Well, she she called the man that was going to come home called him Alexander versus Constantine. Oh yeah, because she does call Constantine Constantine. She writes it in the diary. Mm -hmm. The Constantine was the doctor, and you know this mm -hmm. this this disease. So, <laughs> I am um, my my take on all these things is. The, there is a, there is a logical way of putting all these things. There is the American, which is Raymond. There is uh, Alexander, who we know uses the name. Uh, there is Constantine, who uses the name Alexander. Those are the two men in in her life. My take is there are four men. There there are three men. I don't know. I don't think the American is Raymond. I think there is Raymond. She yeah it was it was confirmed because no. uh, well the only person that called him the American was Kate, and then when they were talking about the American, Cat called him Raymond. No, pretty sure, pretty sure. No, they're talking about. She talks in the same sentence, you know about you know it was never going to go anywhere with Raymond, and then in the same sentence she calls him the American. I'll have to go back I, and rewatch. I would, I would have to go back because this is very, very new, and I haven't had yeah. my chance to go over the the, the material as, as well. But there is one thing that I that I thought is that there is Alexander, there is Alexander Kirk, there is Konstantin Rostov, and there is um, Red. And Red and the American is Alexander Kirk. And that is the man that Liz kills. So why would Constantine take that name? I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Because I'm... that name protected him from being Rostov linked to Katerina Rostova. I I wonder... Because I, alternate... I, think, I think that Alexander Kirk was a an American who was a spy for Russia. So taking the name... So not very well known in Russia because he was undercover. He was being, you know, he was a double agent. And I think that that name protected Rostov. Just as an alternative um, possibility, looking at the fact that it was already linked to Constantine in, in earlier season four. I wonder if maybe that was a name he used when he was in North America, like when he was in Canada, to stay away from a name associated with Soviet Russia. But if he had an is, alias that he used when he was when he was in Canada again, and America. 
think about this. If Katerina had been married to another KGB agent, she would not have had problems with with no, no, Constantine. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that he was KGB. I'm not. I'm not saying he was KGB. I'm just saying he was a businessman over there in Russia. With but he couldn't of- have been a businessman in Russia in Soviet times. He. This is this. We're in 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 the Soviet times. There was no private enterprise. The state owned all means. You didn't he own a house. Could have been a government official, though. No, then you would not have described yourself as a businessman. In 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 communist Russia, in, in communist Soviet times, there was no private enterprise. There was no. You don't own a house. You were assigned a place to live. You didn't choose the profession you had. The state chosen for you. You didn't. You were given some money to buy clothes, and it, it was. There was no way on earth. You could have described yourself as a bureaucrat. You could have described yourself as an apparatchik. But you would have never described yourself as an honest businessman. And this is before Masha was born. So this is still Soviet times. Konstantin Rostov could not have been a Soviet citizen. He was probably of Russian origin, Konstantin Rostov. But there was no way on earth. And if he had been a, a, a KGB cover, and Red tells him, you were wealthy. You were wealthy before Masha was born. Yes, there were some apparatchik that had some money and they had stored away. But there is something bizarre in all this. And if you look at this, this is a lot of blonde men with blue eyes <laughs> lying around. And I have a feeling that all in this <laughs> pool in here, there is identities because i have a feeling that katarina and and red were working together and that this abundance of blonde blue-eyed men was done with a very specific purpose finding a man that could pass us rostov to go to russia with her and spy on russia while pretending to be Konstantin rostov that's why all men had to be the same and funny that they all knew a grifter. A grifter is basically somebody who can improvise and make believe he's something that he's not. And that was interesting that both of them knew Sam. The, that that was an interesting thing because you don't... What circle would Sam have run in? It's there's a lot more to Sam. <laughs> yeah, Sam was very interesting. But do you see what I mean? There is there is something in all this thing that is is very tempting to say. Well, Constantine was a Russian, but Constantine was supposed to be the one providing her a cover because he was wealthy and well connected. Wealthy and well connected in Soviet uh, Russia wasn't a thing that happened, and, and then to provide a cover wow then he would have been living in in russia or he would have been a diplomat in which case he probably was a kgb so the whole thing is not making sense unless you start dividing these things in and alexander is one person and i think that that alexander the bad man that liz killed it's a different person than constantine interesting i think we're missing a lot of puzzle pieces (laughs) yeah i think that's what it is because there's no way and again blue eye blondish sam blue eye blondish red blue eye blondish constantine rostov and the man in the car whoever he was rostov he was uh, he was uh red he was no the, the man in the car has been confirmed as red 
Where? Uh, I think Camp confirmed it. Well, I don't believe anything Camp says. It's like he straight he straight up confirmed it. It's it's rare, but it does happen. Did he did say I haven't seen that? Yeah. Uh, don't remember okay. what it was. So but yeah, he the did man in the car. It. The man in the car is red, and obviously he's been carrying an affair, and. I have to see that interview. <laughs> I'll, I have I'll to track it, it down for you. It's fine. Yeah, because, I mean, a, a lot of the times what he appears to say and what he really saying are two different things. I know. I'm, I'm been saying that the last two days, so. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, um. Yeah, so I think that there is something going on in there. There is way too many blonde men with blue eyes that look somewhat similar. Then there is, I mean, she has a type of, come on. That's a little too many. <laughs> uh, so what do you think about the fire? Well, now we got the fire was not in a cabin in the woods. That nope. theory has gone out the window. I got to re- redraw it. It's it seems downtown. Like it's, it's downtown, so it wasn't even the Tacoma Park house. Mm-mm. And so um, I, I've seen some chatter about the fact that she couldn't have gotten her scar that night because you have, you know, you don't see any bandages on her. Granted, she's wearing long sleeves in all cases, but... I but mean, she grabbed Kate, her hands. Uh, yeah, Kate picks her up by her wrists. Um, I started thinking about it in the pilot episode of The Blacklist. I believe she says that she originally got it at 14. Mm-hmm. Best I remember, and I, I didn't go back and listen, but if memory serves, the quote is, there was a fire, and then a slight pause, and she says, I was 14. Which doesn't necessarily mean those two things go together. It could have just been a strain of thought. There was a fire thinking, that's how I went to go live with Sam. And then when she was 14, she got the scar. Yes, yeah, something something is not adding up in yeah. that entire situation. Um, it, it is also remarkable that when Liz is having memories of the fire... Um, there is, she sees the thing appears, but it seems like at that same time she's inside the house, but then she's outside the house. Something doesn't match in all that scar getting. Yeah, I think memories are misplaced and altered. And I mean, because we also saw the scar when she was walking, um, walking at uh, the Summer Palace in early season mm-hmm. four. It appeared, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, almost makes you feel that it is also possible that she got that scar before. And that's possible as well. She could have already had it. I mean, there could have been other events. Also, Liz seemed curiously untraumatized. And Katarina leans and tells him, tells Kate something. I, I have a feeling that she tells what Liz did. Liz killed her father. Yeah, maybe. Um, that would make sense. But if someone made a comment on Tumblr that I saw today, said that a lot of children will internalize those sort of traumas mm-hmm. and they'll come out yeah. as nightmares and such. So that yeah. may, I mean, at four years old, that may not be yeah, as big I, I, I of a do thing as, as everyone went, oh my gosh, why isn't she freaking out? She may not have understood she just killed a man. That may mm-hmm. not be able to process with a four-year-old's mind. And so... Um, did you see all the ripped clothes in Katarina? She was in a big fight. Yeah, and, and she did. She said there were a lot of people. There was shouting. There was a fight. And so I, yeah, you know, I mean, we we saw it in the flashbacks that there she was struggling with somebody. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so. that was a heated argument. Mm. Um, it's an interesting thing when you see Katerina, the way Katerina talks about about an, the affair with a man in the car. It is. Frivolous, exciting, and dangerous. And she notes that he's married. I mean, she's married. That doesn't seem to be an issue for her. She's married to Constantine. Or Alexander Kirk, or somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Now, then again, that's when you start getting all these things, because frivolous, exciting, and dangerous. Yes, that sounds like the kind of things that that Red loves. I mean, think Madeline, Madeline Pratt. I mean... Just trying to kill him was like, yeah, just foreplay. Um, you know, it's just an exciting woman. And But, I mean, just for crazy theories here, if, let's suppose one thing, because one of the things that we're forgetting about, about what Red says about Katerina is that Red makes one very specific, which I think is the biggest clue we have seen in the entire episode, actually. It's that Katerina betrayed two countries two superpowers yeah but he he does say i mean at least it's heavily implied it could it could be that there were some wordsmithing going on there but it's heavily implied that he was talking about america and the soviet union exactly so that means that if katarina betrays soviet the soviet union we know that she basically left her post and went to chase after my after masha but why the united states she didn't betray the United States unless she was working for the United States. Well, I mean, and the fact that she, it could be something having to do with the fulcrum. It could be the fact that she had, that Red had been her mark. I think that that's probably where that was going, that Red was her mark and that she had. But that wouldn't have been a betrayal to the United States. That was her job. She was, she was also, a, well, if you're a foreign it, agent. It wouldn't. If you're a foreign it's, agent, they're going to come after you. <laughs> they're going to they come after you, but they were not going to call her a betrayal. Mm, maybe. You don't, I mean, let's say that you find a, let's say that you find here a, a, a string of Russians in a house in Washington, uh, just to draw right from the headlines, and they're being spying on people. You wouldn't call that a betrayal. They're Russian. Yeah, That's I what guess. they do. You know, they're, they're, they're Russian spies. What would you expect them to spy on other Russians? They spy on Americans. They're an American, they're a spy, and you couldn't call that a betrayal. The 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 word red use implies that Katerina was a double or triple agent, and then you could say, you know, she was betraying everybody. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's a good possibility she was. And, I mean, because somewhere in there is the cabal. Yes, and the cabal is is another thing that we haven't even begun to scratch in here. So my theory that Carla is one of Katerina's names, because also remembering one thing that we haven't seen in here, all of Katerina's names. She was going up abroad and leaving Liz with, with Kate, and she was going out and getting other names. So this is my theory, and it still stands. She was married to Red, and she will go away. She would Liz live Liz with Kate. I am pretty sure that there was a Kate for Jennifer. And then what was exciting and frivolous? Because frivolous is a funny word for an affair. It's frivolous, exciting, and dangerous. It's having an affair with your own husband. Because he you know you 
he's supposed, let's say that she married Red, then then was supposed to target Red under another um, under another identity. So now they're playing this this fun spy game where I'm seducing my own husband, pretending to be somebody else, and he's going along with it because I'm a double spy or maybe I'm a triple spy. So now we have this affair going on with my own husband that I call it a mark and. Now we're getting into things that make sense. I know that it's complicated, but that's how things make sense. It doesn't make sense otherwise, because there is no way that you can explain Dom if Red has just been an affair. Uh, I disagree with that, but that's okay. Um... To the point where they know where the other eggs go, how many Sunday brunches do you have to go with somebody to know how they like their eggs like that? Without words, just pass your stuff. You pass my stuff. Red's charming. That's funny. I know. Hmm? And, and I think that Dom saw him as family, sees him as family. But that does I, I, I'm just not on board yet. <laughs> but, I mean, look at it. Forget about being married. The, Dom, it's a stumbling block when you think that things are as they seem. Katerina was married to to um, to Constantine, and she was having an affair with Red. That was a mark, but then stopped being a mark, and may have been the father, but she didn't know really who he was. And uh, and then she just—it doesn't make any sense because how in this scenario could she have been Red with Katerina's father? How in this scenario could have been Dom not telling Red you? had an affair with my daughter that got her killed. Not you made a bad decision for her. An affair is not a bad decision Red made. I mean, not even a father could say that. I mean, it's not like he grabbed her and raped her. Obviously, she was happy to have the affair with him. So there is no way that those universes exist. It's like that's where you, when you try to put the puzzle piece, it's like, this is not the place it goes. There is no other way. You're looking at me like, she's gone off the deep end. <laughs> you have to, I mean, you can't see the way she's looking at me, but she was sitting there like with a little head like, no, no, she's, gone. she's a goner. I, I'm just holding back right now on Katerina and waiting for more information. I don't have anything that's entirely solid and set in stone with that and so i i believe there are a lot of pieces that are not available to us yet and as those become available more things will make sense mm. and so that's where i stand on katarina and as i've said before if it comes out that carla is really katarina I will give you all the kudos. I will hat tip you. I will, I will declare it to the podcast and to Tumblr and what have you that Tessa Don't worry, was correct. The entire world. I mean, you will. You I will, will get hear a megaphone from the from the outer universe. You will hear me, you know, cackling away. And in between her cackles, I'll go. Tessa was right, <laughs> but currently, I am not on board that way. Yeah, I know that's a little extreme. Now, um. Should we should we talk a little bit about Sam? Uh, yeah. Um, what an interesting character. I was so wrong. I thought he was a diplomat. No, he was a criminal, just not the criminal who abandoned her. Where did you her get diplomat from? 
Well, Katerina seduced diplomats and spies and we wealthy knew he people. Was so I checked the mark diplomat. I checked the mark intelligence. I was left with diplomats. And I mean, but we also don't know that she was sleeping with him. Now it is do Katerina. Do you remember <laughs> that that the, what what Simon Red are saying? I you know, the, I they're talking a, about the woman with the legs. I, it's a possibility. I believe me, it's I, I'm much closer to that one than I am the Catherine as Carla. <laughs> I mean, obviously, she didn't even know who the father was. Um, well, I think she meant between Red and and her husband, mm. but it could have been. That's one of those assumptions. It could have been one of many. Um, because who who the hell was that guy in her kitchen that she ended up in a scuffle with? Some random mm-hmm. dude in her home. I mean, that's speaking Russian in Canada. Who knows who that was? Um, it was KGB. Because um, um, Kate says he had papers on him, Soviet intelligence. Oh, okay. I thought he, I thought she was saying that those were Katerina's papers. She says Soviet intelligence, and she says, mm. So oh, okay. he could have been Soviet intelligence or there have been papers, but probably it was papers that he but, had on him. Yeah, Sam, honestly, Sam was pretty much exactly how I would have assumed he was. Um, Grifter straightening out his life, that's that's pretty spot on to what I expected from Sam. Um, you did. Now, now, pulling back and going, I don't want a kid in my life. Sam might have stretched the truth a little bit about how he told the story, how he took Liz in, but you know, hey. <laughs> um, well, Red was gonna... lying. That's the way he told the story. He yeah, was a grifter. No, no, I'm not saying that Red was lying. I figure Sam did tell it, but it's not like you're yeah. going to tell the child that you end up raising. Yeah, kid, I almost kicked you out on the curb. You know? <laughs> it's like, hey, got nothing to do with me. It's, you know, I'm, I'm a blame... single man. Yeah. And so, yeah, Sam, Sam was... And that kind of makes a little more sense why Liz feels like she raised herself. I have a feeling Sam tried, but Sam did not have the answers a good portion of the time. And so he probably did a lot of trying and a lot of failing as a Mm -hmm. single dad who had just barely scraped his life together. And it could explain why the FBI didn't turn that up about the fact that he had a criminal past one, he might not have been caught. If he was a mm-hmm. grifter, if he was a really good grifter, he may never have been caught. And two, he could have changed his identity and scrubbed it. Because heaven knows, we've seen a lot of scrubbed identities in this show. Mm-hmm. And if he, I mean, Red went on to to do that, So, and he knew Katarina. He had connections to be able to do that, yeah. you know, on I- federal level. How, uh, it's like, then again, how do a intelligence officer, counterintelligence officer, and a Russian KGB agent both know and trust a grifter? So, they walked into a bar one night. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Explain that one to me, because that is certainly, you know, then that's how I go in intelligence. We, I, to me, if you want to hear my crazy theory, mm-hmm. you're up for it. You say, why not? <laughs> She's like, yep, we're going in the deep end. Let's All right, I'm go. ready. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. I think that they use Sam as a stand-in for someone. Because I think that Red was assuming several identities and 
sometimes they needed somebody else to say, oh, but see, I'm not that person because there it is. And a grifter would have been the perfect person. That's possible. That's yeah, what if I, they needed something from him, that would make a lot of sense. You know. Long man, blue eyes. Yep. To a I, Russian, probably an American is just as another American. I love Sam so much. And once again, it makes me really, really angry that Red killed him. <laughs> It's one of those things. I, I like. I know why he did it. I've still never forgiven him for that. I will never forgive him for that. If anybody tries to convince me, this, I would suggest just not wasting your breath because I will never forgive Red for killing Sam. <laughs> well, one thing that that was very interesting is people were saying, "Oh, they use the shadows to make a Red, you know, so they they wouldn't have to use another actor for Young Red." Oh. But that is actually ten years later. She says 20 yeah. years of her life, so that means that Red has been yeah. uh, almost for 10 I, years. I'm glad they didn't use another actor, because I was the roomie and I were actually talking about that. We were joking, we said, you can't replace James Spader. There's just, there's something in his movements. I mean, yeah, they could have voiced it over. I mean, he's such a distinctive voice. But it's the movements that he makes when he talks. It's, it's the small gestures. The man is amazing. You can't... It, I'm glad they yeah. didn't pick anybody else. I, I'm glad well, that they worked around it like that and did not get a younger actor. I thought an interesting thing that the side of his face that they kept in shadows mm -hmm. was these, the actors, hold on, <laughs> his right hand. His okay. right half face, and in the in the promos, it's also the side of a face where he's kind of Ooh. like blurred, and yeah. it looks like he has burns or something. Yeah. There's something weird in the promo, in you know, in the in the opening. And uh, he knows sequence. a plastic surgeon. Yes. So I thought that that was an interesting thing that they chose to put the shadows on his face in the same point where in the promos his face looked like his a little weird it's almost like the ear is kind of chewed up it was, and... it was breaking it was shattering mm -hmm. yeah I, I wonder if he had some burn issues um or if he'd gotten some sort of plastic surgery or something yeah that's interesting no i thought that was very um i don't know they i don't know if that was just straight up makeup and, and lighting that's the same actor that played sam i i mean the gentleman's probably I don't know what the actor's name is, but he's probably about James's age. Mm -hmm. And so they, they managed to make him look quite a bit younger. That was yeah. impressive. Um, and I think they may have either put a lot of makeup on James or used some CGI to, to smooth mm -hmm. out some bags and stuff under his eyes. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they yeah, made they him look some... younger. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, it, it was, they, I think they did very well. Yes, they did. It that. was it was very very well done. Now the, going back to that burn in the fire, that fire also had very interesting things. Katerina has sued on her. Obviously, Kate was in a hotel room waiting for her, um, and she says, you know, if we go to for what Red said before, you know, that the man she killed was Red, but she never says Red. She never says his name. She never even says the American. He says she was a, he was a bad man. Yeah. But think about this. She just have said that the man Liz Kill is a bad man, and yet a week later calls calls Kate and tells him tells her to take him take her to to Sam. And saying that Sam is somebody that both Katerina and Raymond trust. Yeah. Not trusted. 
That's a good point. That's a very good point. And if Ray were the bad man that Liz shot her father, would then she care that Red trusted Sam or not? She would have chosen somebody she trusted. She wouldn't have given a hood about what we the also, bad man was. We also don't know what happened. She she made a comment at one point. She calls Kate, and Kate goes, where are you? She goes, I don't know, payphone. And so she's been gone for mm-hmm. a week there. I, I I think there's a week or two. I, like I said, I've only done one rewatch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Between when when she leaves them in the hotel room and when she tells her to she go to calls Sam. from the night and then and when she so, calls from the beach dressed as if she was in, uh, uh, in that's, that's, that's like a couple months later i think mm-hmm. uh, well it's three months later um from the fire uh, two months so katrina commit suicide okay it was two months then okay um sorry about that um but but the point being that at some point in there even if he wasn't out of the hospital or what have you she may have gotten a hold of Red, and they may have had time to talk. Mm-hmm. And he may have told her things and explained things. They may have had that discussion in which she forgave him. Look at Liz. As long as she has certain things met, she forgives a lot. Katerina may be the same way. She may have been willing to forgive him for what had happened. For stealing her away and all of that. To the po- to the point that she would trust that Red has Liz's best interest in mind, unless the unless Liz's father really is not Red, but Red consider himself the father, and Liz killed her father that was a bad man. It's puzzle pieces. I don't think we're going to sort it out tonight. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. Oh, but it's goodness. an interesting thing because. There's, there's so much in, in in that episode that you know we're probably going to to do a a season four wrap up session and talk about everything because I think that we're going to learn a lot of things. Yeah, I do too. It's it was and and Bokenkamp has said whether we can believe him or not, he said the paternity issue will be handled by the end of season four. I hope he's telling us the truth and not screwing us around on that. Um, I thought it had already been handled, but whatever um <laughs> well it, it's never is being i mean red had made it very clear that for him it biology doesn't make any difference so i think that the the i mean it, in that sense it's being answered because whether he is the, the biological father or not of Liz, it doesn't matter to him at all because it's about caring living for if you care for somebody as a daughter it doesn't matter if she's not your daughter well, um, do you have anything else to add? I have one thing, but I wanted to save it to the very end. Nope, you can go ahead. Okay, so I love Mr. Gray. I was very happy to see Mr. Gray. I was always rather fond of him in that, you know, we had a few short episodes with the man before, you know, he screwed Red over and got smothered. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I just loved the comment as the alarms are going off. He's in FBI custody. What's the worst that could happen? And all I could think of was the Keens with... What could go wrong mm-hmm. at the at book ending redemption? Liz saying it in the pilot and and Tom saying it right as it was closing at the end. What could go wrong? And I'm going, Mr. Gray, have you learned nothing? <laughs> um, yeah, sedging into that, there is there was an interesting comment made by Blacklister214. She said, you know, there is this thing about not loving Liz. 
Tom hires uh, Red hires Tom to watch over Liz, but not love her. Yeah, and, I and, saw that. <laughs> and and Katerina hires Kate not to love Liz. So it seems like these people have a real problem with understanding that apparently Liz is very lovable. <laughs> we love you, Liz. Even if we're yeah. not supposed to. <laughs> and and he's like, and look at that. They he hires Ezra. And Ezra is already like, okay, I'll give you some things. I'm gonna betray Red to give you a couple of days. And I pay him because I'm still in a concrete cell with under a no contact order. Oh my gosh, Liz. <laughs> I still feel terrible for Ezra because he's still rotting in there as far as we know. <laughs> oh, maybe she just rescinded it or, or took the charges or, or whatever. Maybe the poor guy's still rotting in there. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, don't do that, guys. Whatever. It doesn't happen. She apparently can melt any heart. Well, Tom got it. Tom was okay mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> He was the lucky soul. <laughs> I mean, it took a being chained to a boat to be even with her, but, you know, hey. <laughs> Love well, knows no bounds. <laughs> you know what they said when, when Red met Dom? He says she had your temper, so and we saw that definitely Katerina had a temper. Yeah. Yeah, and Liz definitely does. I, one, one of my favorite lines of the entire show is still him going, now before you throw that coffee cup at me. Because <laughs> you yep. know there have been things chunked at his face before. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a very, um, in a, in a very way, it's like a kind of a stereotype of of Russia and and Slavic people having tempers, and you know, kind of say I, I do know a few, and they do have tempers. <sighs> well, I guess that about wraps us up. Then um, it was an epic two episodes. I loved it. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and so, stay tuned because more more theories are going to come as we as we are able to rewatch more and, and do yes. you know both in the character development because I gotta say a lot of my theories are fed by character development that not mine that I read from people like Jen. Yes, I, I do ramble on about <laughs> about writing and character development and plot development and all of the sorts of developments. <laughs> But now that we are back, we expect you back next week. But we hope you'll be back next week. Uh, You can listen to us on iTunes, YouTube, and SoundCloud. If you want to leave us a message, which we would love, because we love talking to you guys, we're on Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.